in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. Well, the entire state is under a weather watch through next Wednesday after ERCOT forecasted increased demand with a peak expected around today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Daniel Mudding. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. Lawmakers made efforts to beef up Texas's grid this legislative session by increasing supply. But as our Monica Madden reports, some energy experts fear that's not the best long-term strategy. With parts of the state hitting near record temperatures for June, ERCOT again asking Texans to conserve energy to reduce demand. Conservation appeals might work. I don't think it's smart that we rely on a grid operator, you know, like hat in hand begging people to be uncomfortable in their homes. With temperatures this high this early, energy experts like Doug Lewin worry about the rest of summer. We could be in for some really tough uh, days and weeks. Rather than statewide grid blackouts, he tells us he expects Texas will see more localized power outages due to heat breaking power equipment. The heat just wreaks havoc on everything, but the likelihood of, of the outages on that on the bulk grid go up, obviously, with each power plant that goes down and with each increment of demand that's added. Thank you all for being here. This Again, this past legislative session, lawmakers promised to shore up the grid. To make sure we uh, address the challenges of operational flexibility and resource adequacy in our electric grid. But the majority of efforts failed to pass, and many of the efforts to create more supply would have taken years to build. We have focused so much on the supply side and not on the demand side. Experts say there's still a long way to go to stabilize Texas's grid as the population continues to boom. We cannot just add supply. That demand side piece was not addressed during the session and is, is really a glaring weakness. Monica Madden, KXAN News. And the legislature did pass a constitutional amendment that will go to voters in November. It asks if Texans want to use state money to offer low interest loans and bonuses to incentivize companies to build or modernize gas plants. Now here's a look at ERCOT's supply and demand. The blue is the demand and the purple line is the available capacity. Now you can see over the next few days the demand is getting pretty close to the purple line. The graph shows that what time of day we're going to hit peak demand. So tomorrow we're expected to hit that peak around 4 p.m. And the city of Austin is extending cooling center hours due to the heat. Various libraries and parks and rec facilities will be open until 8 p.m. nightly through Sunday. Now on Monday, most city facilities will be closed for the Juneteenth holiday, but some cooling centers will remain open. You can find all of those locations on our website, kxan.com. Also on our website, the difference between a heat advisory and an excessive heat warning. Now, right now, the Austin area is under an excessive heat warning, which is a heat index of 113 degrees and above. By the way, Travis County had its first excessive heat warning back in 2018. And Nick, let's talk about those heat alerts. We're yeah. seeing those across the state. Yeah, for every county, it's either a heat advisory or that excessive heat warning. And it's mm -hmm. not just for today. It continues through the weekend. And some of this triple-digit heat we think is going to peak early next week. Parts of the state peak today. We think we peak early next week. So these are those heat alerts. There's the excessive heat warning for the metro and our eastern counties. Through Sunday night, could feel like... 
115, 117, especially during the peak of the afternoon and early evening heating. Heat advisories for the Hill Country where it's still going to feel hot, just not as hot. It's hazy sunshine from the Oasis restaurant over Lake Travis now. Most of us are reasonably bright and it feels uh, the actual air temperature, I should say, has now just reached 102 in Austin and it's even higher than that in portions of Llano and Mason counties where it's up to 104. Feels, of course, hotter thanks to that humidity. Now it feels like 114 in Austin and in uh, Fayette County, Flatonia feels like 121. I haven't seen that number that high ever. Look on radar now. We're also watching a severe thunderstorm warning for southeastern ha uh, Mason County. That goes until 515. Main concern here is hail, but the hail has been shrinking. There may be a lingering uh, wind threat, though. We think most of you stay dry tonight, but we'll keep a low 10% storm chance through about 9. There may even be a stray storm that reaches the metro. Coming up in first warning weather, we'll keep tracking the excessive heat through the weekend and beyond. Some spotty storms, but hey, look at this when we may see a drop below triple digits. Now, it's not just heat impacting Texas. Three people are dead and dozens injured after a string of deadly storms in the panhandle. Austin Fire is sending 18 members to Perryton, Texas to help with tornado damage there. Jay Gray has a look from North Texas. A massive funnel cloud. Tornado is just a... Uh... 100 yards or so right there. Ripping apart the Texas Panhandle, the small town of Perryton left in ruins. Entire neighborhoods wiped away. It doesn't look real. It almost looks like staged and fake, but unfortunately it is real, and it's not a nightmare we're going to wake up from. At least three people, including an 11-year-old, killed. Dozens wounded as a twister a quarter of a mile wide rushed through. Part of a string of storms that produced high winds, hail, and flooding rains across the plains and deep south. Hundreds of thousands without power across the strike zone. Some areas in Florida dealing with more than a foot of rain overnight. In Escambia County, a tree pushed over and into a home, killing someone inside. As the cleanup begins, excessive heat warnings are in effect across the region. Some of the highest temperatures expected in Texas and Louisiana, and more than 50 million including many in some of the hardest-hit communities again, facing the threat of severe weather through the weekend. Jay Gray, NBC News. The Department of Justice today released the findings of a federal investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department. It found some troubling patterns. As NBC's Alice Barr reports, it's the latest of several similar investigations into police departments and cities across the country. Three years after George Floyd was murdered by a Minneapolis police officer, touching off protests and demands for policy change. The U.S. Department of Justice today releasing a scathing report, finding that the Minneapolis Police Department and the city itself engaged in a pattern or practice of excessive force and racial discrimination that violates the Constitution. MPD stopped black and Native American people nearly six times more often than white people in situations that did not result in arrest or citation. The officers involved in George Floyd's death were all fired and criminally charged, but the DOJ found other incidents of unjustified deadly force, unreasonable use of tasers, and officers routinely disregarding the safety of people in their custody. 
Our review found numerous incidents in which MPD officers responded to a person's statement that they could not breathe with the version of, you can breathe, you're talking right now. As in similar federal investigations in Baltimore, Ferguson, Missouri, and Louisville, Kentucky, the review found a lack of accountability, training, supervision, and officer wellness programs. Local activists applauding the report while emphasizing the work ahead. We do not feel safe. There needs to be change brought to this city. Minneapolis PD is agreeing to make changes enforced by an independent monitor. But despite reforms in individual cities, the widespread movement to rethink policing and confront racial injustice has so far not led to federal legislation. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. While some industries are seeing job growth here in Austin, the unemployment rate is rising. We'll examine why that is and how many jobs have been filled in the past month. And the man who killed 11 people in a Pittsburgh synagogue is headed to prison, the sentence he could face. Plus, a proposed highway project is causing headaches for drivers and county leaders alike. We have an in-depth look at the SH-45 plan. Recent tech layoffs impacting Austin workers haven't had a huge impact on the overall employment rate, but some new numbers from Workforce Solutions Capital Area shows the Austin Round Rock unemployment rate slightly increased to 3.5% in May. That's up from 3.1% in April, but that rate is still below the statewide number, which is just over 4%. Some good news, though, the Austin area gained over 3,400 jobs from April to May, especially in the government mining, logging, and construction industries. Well, right after this newscast, NBC Nightly News turns 75. The broadcast is marking its seven and a half decades of evening reports this year. Now, the look may have changed since 1948, but the commitment to trust and reliability remains the same. Tonight, Lester Holt shows us some of the groundbreaking moments and history you have seen happen on NBC Nightly News. And we still have a severe thunderstorm warning on the radar for southeastern Mason County. That warning goes till 515, but really the storm is out of Mason County now, and it's moving through Llano and northern Gillespie County. We'll keep tracking this storm, the chance for storms over the weekend, and of course the heat in first warning weather. We've been telling you a new highway project proposed by Hayes County is not going over well with leaders in Travis County. And Hayes County and the city of Buda just hosted the first open house this week on the upcoming SH-45 gap study. KXA and traffic anchor Erica Brennis looks at the project pitting county leaders against one another. Thursday night, dozens came to Sunfield Station in Buda to check out for themselves what the new SH-45 GAP project would look like. The SH-45 GAP would connect SH-45 Southeast to SH-45 Southwest, then making it easier to access South Mopac from Hayes County. Hayes County commissioners are moving forward on the study for the project, despite the fact that Travis County commissioners don't want them to. They are planning to connect I-35 with South Mopac which would create South Mopac as a bypass for I-35. Shea is concerned not just about the SH-45 gap, but CTRMA's plan to add up to two toll lanes on South Mopac from Cesar Chavez to Slaughter Lane. She says CTRMA isn't considering the impact the SH-45 gap project would have on South Mopac. If you're not even going to look at, you know, making South Mopac a bypass for I-35, 
And that's the strange situation we find ourselves in because of, frankly, very poor transportation planning. Some living in Butem are less worried about that and more worried about what this construction could mean for their community. I can understand the need for connecting to each end of 45. That makes sense. Uh, my concern about, about it is what else gets, gets built uh, along the side of the road. Hayes County expects their study to take one to two years, and they're taking public comment through June 30th. Erica Brennis, KXAN News. Hey, remember that you can always catch Erica Brennis tracking your morning commute on KXAN News today, weekdays from 4.30 to 7 a.m., and then during our nonstop weather and traffic show on the CW Austin from 7 to 9 a.m. And some sad news now to report. The Houston Police Department gave a final farewell today to one of its K-9 officers. He died earlier this week due to heat exhaustion. Now, the department held the memorial for Officer Aaron near the reflection pool, that area at the Houston Police Academy. Aaron handler, a sergeant with the department, had taken three of his dogs to a training facility Monday to run them through some drills. Now, he took two of the dogs with him inside the building, but left Aaron in the back of the car. A statement says the sergeant left the car on with the air conditioning running, but when he returned, that vehicle had turned off. He was rushed to a vet, but did not make it. And officers now say that the systems to notify that the car turned off did not work. Officer Aaron was four years old and and had been with the Houston Police Department for one and a half years. Let's talk about this weather now. It is hot out there. Still seeing a lot of people walking their dogs, too, on the concrete and the asphalt, and it's too hot for them. Yeah, really, early in the morning, yeah. uh, almost before the sun comes up, is the coolest part of our mm. day, but it's still near 80 at that point, and we've had record morning lows just proving how warm our nights and mornings have been. This is how it looks now in Liberty Hill from our Whittlesey Landscape Supplies camera. A little bit of a haze in the sky again here today, but we're also getting some clouds thrown our way from some of the isolated storms that have been popping up in the hill country. These are the storms I'm talking about. No longer any severe thunderstorm warnings, uh, but we're starting to see them separate a little bit and therefore potentially strengthening once they can gain a bit more organization. So we're watching this southern Llano County, also central and northern Gillespie County for some downpours, some isolated thunder and lightning, some small hail and gusty winds, and this is going to try to move eastward here this evening, but many storms lately have had not much luck making it to 35 or even close, so there's a low chance a stray storm or shower could as we head later into the evening hours, but what you are going to see are the extra clouds, especially north of Austin, coming from the storms in the hill country. Right now, there is a marginal one out of five severe weather threat this evening. Primary concern would be for isolated large hail and damaging winds, so we'll be watching that most of us get no rain and for most of us the big story is the heat 102 right now in Austin makes it uh, the hottest day of the year so far and of course another triple digit day for us and we're actually a full degree warmer than we were this time yesterday and I think our high will likely peak around 103 here this afternoon when we get the official numbers in it of course feels hotter than the air because of the excessive humidity that we have. This is how it's going to feel through your Saturday. In the morning, feels like the upper 70s and low 80s, but then these numbers just jump up. Feeling like the upper 80s and low 90s here by late morning. 
then during the afternoon feeling between 105 to 115. Of course, that's the worst heat and humidity of the day. The humidity may drop slightly in the afternoon, but the high temperatures overcome that, although there may be some spotty storms later in the day tomorrow that bring you isolated relief. We do it again on Sunday, feeling like 80 at the beginning of the day and then feeling like 110 to 115 in many places. I think while Saturday features more clouds, Sunday will feel like the hottest day of the weekend and we're thinking it will be as well. So a 10% storm chance here this evening. Most of us stay dry with a partly cloudy sky. Overnight lows getting down to just 80. That would be tied for a record warm nighttime low for tomorrow morning. Tomorrow's high 101. That'll be cooler than today slightly because I think we'll have extra clouds tomorrow. A mostly cloudy morning, some sun in the afternoon, but another storm or shower chance later in the day. There is a low one out of five severe weather risk northwest of Austin here tomorrow afternoon and evening. I do think you get more sunshine on Father's Day Sunday. And because the sun comes out earlier, it will be a hotter day, forecasting a high of 104 here on Sunday. The heat peaks Monday, Tuesday. That would break a record on Monday, 105 on Tuesday. But look at this. The numbers start to come down slowly as we head toward the second half of next weekend. And for right now, we're thinking we may finally drop out of the triple digits as we get into next Friday. Unfortunately, the general idea, though, is still, as we wrap up the month of June, ending hotter than normal, even though we may manage to escape triple digits here and there. Something you use to help your baby sleep could be deadly, what doctors are now saying about weighted sleep sacks. The gunman who killed 11 people at a Pittsburgh synagogue in 2018 was found guilty today on all 63 federal charges he faced. Some of them are punishable by death. The jury deliberated for about five hours before finding Robert Bowers guilty. Prosecutors say his motive was to kill Jews because of their support to help immigrants and refugees. This is the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history, and the jury will decide at a later date if Bowers is sentenced to life in prison or if he'll receive the death penalty. Pope Francis checked out of a Rome hospital today where he underwent abdominal surgery days ago to repair a hernia. Now, while doctors say his health is great, there are still some concerns and they want him to recover as fast as possible so he's good to go by the time he has to travel on August 2nd. He's going to be heading to Lisbon, Portugal for World Youth Day and then in late August he's expected to travel to Mongolia. Pope Francis is 86 years old. If you're a parent and use a weighted sleep sack for your child, heads up right now. The American Academy of Pediatrics says they're unsafe and could be deadly. The AAP says weighted sleep sacks and swaddles could hypothetically increase the risk of sudden infant death syndrome, also known as SIDS, by making it harder for babies to arouse themselves in response to hazards such as lack of oxygen. It also says infants' rib cages are more elastic and flexible, so adding weight could also also potentially compress their chest and affect their breathing. There are no federal safety requirements or regulations for infant sleep sacks, but the Consumer Product Safety Commission has not put out any warnings about infant deaths linked to the weighted sleep sacks or swaddles. Well, coming up tonight on KXAN, we've got live golf for you. It's the full 2023 U.S. Open Championship starting at 7, and then at 10 o'clock, we'll be back with your headlines and news. And of course, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 o'clock on the CW Austin, and here's where to find us.
Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.